Brew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. My mama always said, if you don't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But we're going to find some nice things to say. Don't worry. Not a fun night. 6 nothing. The final. Cardinals return the favor and shut out the Brewers. The winning streak's over. Their losing streak is over. But hey, the sun will come up tomorrow. It's going to be a beautiful day. Maybe the roof will be open tomorrow. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, it's just one game. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Twitter is being Twitter right now. And people overreacting to a loss and talking about uh, some of the performances and things of that nature and slow starts from a couple of the main providers of this team. We'll get into some of that here on a condensed Brewers Extra Innings will be with you until the top of the hour, until 10. I want to welcome in Jeff Cirillo once again here tonight. Jeff, I mean, look, folks like to freak out on social media about a loss like this because there was never really a doubt of who was going to win this game after the third inning. Um, can you take me into the clubhouse and, you know, while everyone else is freaking out on the exterior, game eight of the season, everyone's like, mm, whatever, it's a loss, see you tomorrow. Yeah, Alex said there's 162 games, and, you know, I mean, I think Phil Garner said it best once he's like, you're going to win 60, you're going to get beat in 60, and the other 42 is what matters. So tonight they just got out, outpitched by uh, Montgomery. He had all four pitches working. He had a devastating changeup, and, and he really kept the late late in the game. I mean, I mean, late in the at-bats for the Brewers, he was able to throw fastballs in for strikes, which is always a good sign for a lefty because it keeps the right, especially the, the Brewers who have been doing such a great job of hitting the ball the other way with two strikes. You know, that fastball ends an equalizer. Yeah, and you look at his, I mean, he had command with that sinker, too. He only had two walks, but of the 30 sinkers he threw, 20 of them were down for strikes, and it had some little bit of sink to it and paired really well with his changeup. I mean, the changeup was the story of the night, if you ask me, of what he was able to do to keep the Brewers off balance. I mean, he got a ton of swings and misses overall in this game, 14 total, which is a really good number for him, but the changeup, Got six of those 14. Really good stuff from him. In a right-handed heavy lineup, you need to have your changeup, and that's exactly what he had. And the Brewers were just on their heels guessing all night long and, quite frankly, didn't make the adjustment, and it happens. You know, Montgomery's one of those guys. He kind of reminds you of Cole Hamels. I mean, that's a huge praise for him. But I remember seeing him. I remember looking at that changeup, and I'm like, ooh, that's a, that's a devastating pitch. Like, in, if I was to take that into a scouting report, I'm like, this is a guy I don't really want to get – to two strikes with because of the fact he does have such a, a devastating change-up when it's working down in the zone. And, and then on the other side, talking about Eric Lauer, Lauer was getting to two strikes on just about everybody, but he didn't quite have that extra kick. He, he just wasn't able to finish batters, and obviously the home run to Arenado, he almost gave up two to Arenado if you count the one that he nearly hit out in the first inning, but w- what did you make of Eric Lauer's performance tonight? Well, it was gutsy. I mean, you got to remember, he threw about 26 to 30 pitches in the first inning, the ground ball to Adams, which would have, would have been a heck of a play. You know, it went as an error first, and then they changed it to a hit. And they just kind of battled. That that first inning was huge because then the next guy, Carlson, gets a hit. And then Goldschmidt, being how good he is, he not only drives the ball the outfield, he drives the other way. So the guy get the third. And then Arenado, being a professional, uses the middle of the field. I mean, these are things that you've seen from the Brewers in the first eight or nine games of the season that they're using the middle of the field with guys in runner square position. And then um, the guy doing a good job of, of tagging to go to second, getting getting into scoring opportunity, and then they got a, a two-out base hit. Things that the Brewers have been doing the first eight games, the Cardinals did to them. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought up the tag up to second because obviously he does not score 
on that broken bat flare by Contreras if he doesn't move up on that play. It wasn't that Weimer made a terrible throw and he hit his cutoff man technically, but that throw probably should have gone to second place in the first place uh, to even avoid that situation from potentially popping up. Got a few texts rolling in here. We're going to get to those in the next segment. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're going to talk about some of the lineup stuff, some platoon stuff, things of that nature. But I want to remind you that Tonight's show is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association, member FDIC. More with Jeff and myself coming up after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Rolling on with the show, not many highlights in this one. Brewers fell 6 to nothing to the Cardinals, so tomorrow will be a rubber game. Jake Woodford for the Cards, Freddie Peralta for the Brewers to wrap up this homestand for the 10-game West Coast trip. With Jeff Cirillo, I'm Dom Catronio. Before we get to these texts here, Jeff, I just kind of want to lay the floor out here. Look, a lot of folks... Freak out anytime Christian Yelich comes up into a big spot with an opportunity to change the game and doesn't get the job done. I understand these last three years have not been what the Brewers signed up for after that extension heading into the 2020 season. What has happened now, no one, absolutely nobody, would have seen coming in 2019, to say the least, obviously. But at this point, right, it's almost, you know, putting him in the three-hole as a lefty against a left-handed pitcher. It didn't really work out again tonight. What are you telling if you have a guy like Christian Yelich on your roster, knowing what he has in there, but these last three years really speak for themselves? Well, I mean, I think that, that it comes down to matchups. I don't know what his numbers were against Montgomery, but it also you have to split up the left-right situation, right, with Ibrisso and then Adamas. And then you have Yelich, so you need to have some protection for Adamas and with Yelich behind him, and that's their, their guy. You know, I think that, that it, it's early, and I think that Christian Yelich is going to have a much better season just based on the fact of his exit velocities and some of the stuff last year. He didn't do a lot of bad luck, and I think with the shift being in play that there's going to be a lot more hits for him. And once he sees the 270, 280 on the batting average up there, I think you'll see a better player. Yeah, I, I agree that. I think it's way too early to pull the plug on his entire season. I understand these first eight games have not been exactly inspiring to the fan base for the way that he has started. But hey, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And the take that I've had all offseason long when it comes to Christian is that for the first time since 2021, really, he has not looked to this lineup to provide power. He has looked to this lineup to get on base and to hit doubles and to steal bases. He is not being relied on for power, which is why I'm not going to sit here and question Craig Council every single night, but I'm just confused as to why Yelich bats third against a lefty. Why not keep him in the leadoff spot and maybe you slide Brasso to a different spot? Because if Yelich's job now is to get on base and not supply power, in my opinion, putting him in the leadoff spot, or even two-hole for that matter, would be a more... I guess, uh, easy and accessible way for him to just show off what he's good at now, which is drawing walks and hitting singles. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to to ask counsel. I mean, they must have the reason for putting him in the three-hole, just for the fact that that maybe they were counting on Brasso and Adamas to get on base before him. 
So maybe open up that hole for him in that first at bat. So it's, I mean, it's always some, something you're tinkering with. Just because you start in a three-hole doesn't mean you end in the three-hole. You know, I remember many times I'd be hitting second or third, and then sometime along the season I'd be hitting sixth. And you kind of just, you know, it's always a, a work in progress, and you're always going up and down that ladder as far as the batting order goes. And when I look at this first month, right, I mean, Yelich is not the only guy, especially from the main contributors, the returners, that is not off to a good start. Rowdy's not off to a good start. Newcomer Luke Voigt is not off to a good start. Uh, Mike Brasso had an incredible camp, but it's tough for him to play only every two, three days because he's really only playing against lefties now these days. It's what the Brewers do, right? They live and die with the platoons. They are very comfortable with the platoon strategy, and they feel that it puts themselves in a better opportunity to win more games in the long run. I understand frustration with fans saying, like, well, why not put the best players on the field? There's an absolute argument to be made for that. Why not have Jesse Winker give him a shot against lefties? Why not have Garrett Mitchell have a shot against lefties? But this is the way the Brewers have done it for years. I'm not saying that it's definitely the best way, but it's worthy of having that conversation of, well, if we're going to give Winker the day off, or why, why haven't you given Yelich a day off yet? Or if you're going to give Garrett Mitchell the day in center field, and you know you, you look at the rest of this lineup and like, well, why is there only magically only one left-handed hitter, and it's being Christian Yelich? I think there are fair critiques. That's a common theme in all these texts uh, here from Josh, here from uh, Doug as well, and just I, platoons are obviously frustrating when they're not working, but you look like a genius when they're working. And, you know, the last six games, they were really working. You got to remember early on in the season, you know, Craig's trying to get these guys at bats, you know, and it's really important, you know, everyone, especially for somebody who came in out of spring training hot, you know, you don't want to sit on that guy. So you got to find places to play him. And his role is to go and get the lefty. And he's done a great job of that in years past, um, you know, with Yelich playing today, you know, I, I think it's one of those ones that, that, He's your main guy. He's been swinging the bat pretty good. He's been seeing the ball well. You know, maybe his average isn't as high as he might want it, but he's still drawing his walks and, and going deeper into counts, and he just trusts the guy. So that's probably why he picked Yelich over a winker tonight. Yeah, I, I don't want to freak out about eight games in, but it's something to certainly monitor. As it's April 8th, y'all. We're, I mean, you can monitor it. Let's get a bigger sample size. Let's see what happens, and then move on from there. they got a West Coast road trip coming up, and things we'll figure out. Before we let you go, Jeff, I do want to get to a positive. How about this bullpen right now? 21 consecutive scoreless innings from the bullpen going back to Sunday against the Cubs. They did their job tonight. They kept things going. Lauer could only go four innings, but then from then on, Gus Varland, Javi Guerra looked good. Yoel Piomps at the end there. This bullpen that had so many question marks around it coming out of spring training has performed very, very well at the start of the season. Boy, it looks good. That Varlin, you just put him in any role, and he's just is so hungry. You can just see it. He has so much confidence going at hitters, and it doesn't really matter who's who he's facing at this point. He's just trusting his stuff. Guerrero, you know, he looked a little shaky coming in, you know, after his first, like, he, he hasn't gotten off to a great start in the season, but, you know, he was a little shaky with the walk, the first batter. But he found it, and then the last the last part of the, part of the second inning, he started blowing guys away with that electric fastball. So, I mean, yeah, when he's, they've yeah, been when outstanding. he's on, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've all been outstanding, and it's one of those ones you, you feast off each other, right? You feed off each other down there, and if you believe that one guy's good and the next guy's better, and they're just kind of, they have an internal battle going on down there, which is great for the Brewers. I mean, your leverage guys are fresh for tomorrow, right? Hobie Milner, Matt Bush, Devin Williams, Peter Strzelecki. They're all ready to go tomorrow after Freddie Peralta, so the bullpen 
did their job tonight, kept the Brewers in great shape, and they'll go for the series tomorrow against the Cardinals. Jeff Cirillo joining us here on 620 WTMJ. Uh, an early toss for you, but hey, I mean, what are we going to talk about in a 6 nothing loss, right? Well, I look forward to seeing Peralta tomorrow after his last start. He was so electric last game, so let's see how he backs it up. And let's hope the roof is open tomorrow, eh? Well, if it's a nice nice day, yeah. I've always been suspicious about that, but I, that's why I was texting you. So why is the roof shut? It looks like it's nice out. Yeah, tomorrow it looks like it's going to be a great day. It's definitely better than what it's going to be down in Augusta, Georgia. So we'll be watching that as well in the booth tomorrow. Hope you have a happy Easter. We'll be talking to you tomorrow after the game, Jeff. Yeah, happy Easter, everyone. See you guys. All right, Jeff Cirillo joining us here. We're going to take a break, come back with more, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. I'll get some more of these texts and tweets rolling in here as well. Stay with us. Brewers X Readings. 1985, welcoming us back. There was another positive from this from 1987. Joey Weimer got a base hit in this one. He had the double off the wall and right. He also had now seven straight games with a hit to start his young career. That matches B.J. Serhoff from 1987 for the longest hitting streak to open a Brewers career. So he's got a chance to break that record tomorrow on Easter. And you know what it is about the Brewers and holidays and walk-offs and things of that nature. So maybe tomorrow's going to be a fun one here at the ballpark. Hope you can tune in. I'm Dom Catronio. Want to get to the NX Wealth Management difference-making moment of the game. NX Wealth Management is different. Not driven by commission sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact NX Wealth Management. Know the difference. NX Wealth. I think the difference-making moment for me, looking back to the third inning, was the leadoff double with two strikes by Paul Goldschmidt, followed up by the home run by Arenado. That's an easy one to pick. But the fact that with one out, he walked Tyler O'Neill, and it looked like he was going to maybe get a chance to get out of the woods with uh, Taylor Motter flying out to center. Jordan Walker ambushes on a hanger right down the middle against Lauer, Two-run homer, that was my difference-making moment of the game because you feel like 4 nothing. all right, you're in this. 6 nothing. you were really out of it. And uh, then, obviously, the bottom of the third inning did not end well for the Brewers with Christian Yelich bouncing out with the bases loaded. So let me address some of these texts here and tweets that have rolled in. Again, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I want to be very clear. I get the frustration. I, like... I am not going to sit here and say, yeah, Christian Yelich is playing great. And he knows it. You know it. The team knows it. Craig Council knows it. They understand that, okay? But let's also be honest. What are you going to do with the $26 million owed to him, right? This is where you want to say it's politics. You want to say, why is he batting there? You're not going to put him on the bench. You're just not. It's just not going to happen. And if you want to say, oh, trade him, you got to have another suitor. Right, It doesn't work like that. And, by the way, he has a full no-trade clause. So there is not an immediate solution when it comes to what do you do you know, roster-wise, payroll-wise. But let me be honest, too. Like I said, it's eight games in. I know it has not been inspiring, but we have seen guys turn seasons around after a bad month, after a bad two months. I get it. last three years have not been good. He knows it, and you know it. Let's let the dude play some more ball, have an opinion, but let's be honest, he's going to keep playing. He is going to keep playing. Would he have liked, he may have the day off tomorrow now, too, after this. Clear his mind and see what happens when he go out west. So I want to get to the phone lines. Uh, Brian is calling in here. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks, Dom. Um, 
the problem is left-handed pitching has been the kryptonite last year, and we're off to a, a bad start this year. And as you mentioned, the platooning, that may have to be reevaluated if we continue to struggle against left-handed pitchers. We're, our stars, some of them are left-handed. You're just going to have to roll with them because you take them out, look what happens. We don't do much of anything. Now, hats off to Montgomery. He pitched a heck of a game, but I was at that game. Uh, I was not impressed. It was a, not a good effort tonight, and so they're going to need to adjust that going forward or, or something's got to happen because that's going to be their struggle for the season from what I can see. That's fair enough. I appreciate the call, Brian. I disagree, though. I thought Jordan Montgomery pitched very well tonight. The changeup was deceptive. It was very good. Were there some flat at-bats? You're absolutely right. I agree with you there. But when it comes to what Jordan Montgomery did, there is a line, and I thought you, he reached the line of saying, hey, I tip my cap. You pitched very well. Should the Brewers have maybe scored a run, had an opportunity with those bases loaded? Probably, but they didn't. And sometimes you lose games in baseball. I'm not going to overreact to one result. When it comes to platooning, though, like I said, the last six games we weren't even thinking about this. And I know there was a few righties, but let's talk about that Mets game, right? Against uh, last Wednesday, right? David Peterson starting that game, and this was a very similar lineup that day. The difference, though, is Jesse Winker got the start at DH. Yelich still bad at third, and he had a bad day that day, too. But when you look at this lineup, Brasso was still leading off. He went one for three against the lefty. Then he was pulled for Garrett Mitchell, who eventually hit the walk-off home run. Garrett didn't even start that game and hits the walk-off off the righty to win the game. They live and die by the platoon. So when it fails like it did tonight, you have to recognize the moments that it worked for the Brewers as well. I'm not going to be surprised if they keep rolling with the platoon. I personally would like to see a little bit more of Jesse Winker because he has proven in the past he can hit lefties. Rowdy... Did it in 2021, didn't really do it last season, and Luke Voigt has never hit against lefties, so it's one of those things that you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. You're caught between two really tough decisions of like, well, we've always sworn by the platoon, and if we suddenly abandoned it, does that really make sense? If it doesn't work again, how long is the leash if it's not working when you're not platooning? There's a lot of other oysters that you can open up there and not find anything, right? So it's a frustrating loss, but it's one loss. Okay, it's eight games in. I'm not going to overreact, but I am going to agree with a lot of the folks here texting in. Yeah, I agree. Yelich should not be batting third against lefties. I'm cool with him batting leadoff against lefties. I don't see a scenario where he's going to bat below fifth, because then if he bats below fifth, that means you're probably putting him seventh or eighth, given the lineup construction, the way they like to mix things up. And I, I just don't see them, at this point, at 31 years old, paying him $26 million to bat seventh or eighth for this team. I just don't see that happening yet, and I don't see that happening this season. That's my opinion. I understand the frustration, but Yelly had a bad day, all right? So did a lot of other guys. So did Luke Voigt. So did Brian Anderson. So it happens. They lost the game, okay? Back at it tomorrow, right? Uh, we're going to talk. We're gonna hear from Craig Council in a little bit. There are a couple of highlights to play, at least Cardinals highlights anyway, and we'll be with you to the top of the hour. So thanks for listening. Thanks for your participation. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We'll be here tomorrow as well after the Easter game too, and uh, we'll be with you all West Coast trip as well. And if you don't stay up late with us on the West Coast, don't worry. These are all available in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts right after the fact. Stay with us. More Brewers Extra Innings after this. Want to get to everyone's favorite segment here on the show. I just totally made that up. Brewers fall 6-0 tonight. I'm Tom Catronio. We're trying to put a smile on your face, y'all. It's Saturday night. 
I hope you're having a great night. I hope you're hanging out with the family. Uh, you got Easter tomorrow and uh, having enjoying this beautiful weather we suddenly got this week. I'm already looking at some tea times trying to come up here uh, this week. Thanks to the West Coast games having a little bit more time during the day. So uh, let's just get to this segment. The cider heating and cooling. Who's hot and who's cold? Trust your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. That's Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R, dot com. Thank them for supporting the show. Who's hot? Who's cold? Pretty easy answer here, right? Hot? The bullpen, 21 straight scoreless innings. And Craig Council made a point to talk about them today during his uh, meeting with the media. It's been impressive to watch this bullpen because they're not a group that's built on strikeouts. They're a group that's built on weak contact. Now, Javi Guerra throwing absolute fuel there in the eighth inning. He got a pair of strikeouts. Gus Varland also got a strikeout looking. Even there at the end, Pionk's got a pair of strikeouts with his sinker. But when they get strikeouts, it's a bonus. They are built on weak contact, double plays, making the hitter uncomfortable. That's the way that this bullpen's currently constructed. And the fact that they've got 21 straight scoreless frames, that's great, great stuff from them to Jim Henderson, to Chris Hook, to everybody in the pitching department. Hat tip to everything that's gone on there, given it was such a massive question mark coming into this season so far. The cold, it's obviously the hitting. And you can specifically say Yelich if you want to you know, bag on Yelich tonight. You can say that, but like I said earlier, we're eight games in. He can still turn things around. I'm not saying he's going to turn into 2019 Yelich. I've been saying all offseason long, whenever I've appeared on a show where somebody's asking me about the Brewers, I've said, look, if Christian Yelich hits 260, hits close to 30 doubles and steals 20 bags and has an on-base percentage 350, 360, that's a win, and that will help the Brewers win games. And we're eight games in. I'm not going to overreact yet. Yes, he had a bad game. Players have bad games all the time. So we'll flush it. Move on and get ready to play ball tomorrow against Jake Woodford with Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brew Crew. Also, shout out to everybody in the crowd tonight. I thought it was a great atmosphere. 43,000 plus here, uh, all wearing their Giannis Brew Crew uh, basketball jerseys. Thanks to everybody who was here. I also want to, you know, give kudos to the in stadium entertainment crew, the 414 that new thing that they got going on with uh, Amanda and Nicole. Uh, I know all of them over there, uh, literally one booth over for me. It feels fun between innings, and they're perfectly rolling into the fact that the game is faster. Between innings is fun. It feels like there's always some energy happening in the ballpark. So I've really enjoyed the product. I'd love to hear more from fans coming up next homestand about that sort of thing, the new presentations and things of that nature. I've loved it. If you're still listening, chime in, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next. Rolling on with you to the top of the hour. We're going to get to correct counsel in just a moment. I'm Dom Petromio. I want to get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Ricky, you've been waiting through the break. Welcome to Brewers Extra Innings. Yes. Hi. I just want to say, you know, I'm surprised that the Brewers were able to win six straight games to begin the season with three shutouts. And uh, entering tonight, um, Brewers just not able to do anything, continuing their struggles against left-handers. And um, 
you know, you were saying earlier, Yelich has a bad night. Just about everybody has bad nights. Well, we've been talking about Yelich having bad nights for three-plus years now, so it's kind of getting tiring to talk about that. So um, I would have preferred seeing Winker out there instead of Yelich. And then um, Brian Anderson last season with the Marlins only hitting eight home runs. Uh, he's already hit three here at the Brewers. Just not a good night for him. Um, the Brewers, like I said, struggling against left-handers. They had two innings with the bases loaded. There's your chance to come back in this game. And the Brewers just could not get anything. So hopefully the Brewers can turn around and win tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call, Ricky. When it comes to uh, the the surprising by the sixth string, like, come on, man, wait a minute. I mean, this pitching staff's still really darn good, right? I mean, shouldn't be that surprised by three shutouts. But when I look at it, it yes, the lefty struggles is something to monitor here, given it's what they were last year. But I also want to give credit to the Brewers. They made changes, right? They are trying different personnel against lefties now, as opposed to last season, and it hasn't clicked yet. So, Still early. Let's see how this all plays out. I do want to hear from the manager, Craig Council, right here on Brewers Extra Innings. I mean, he, he, you know, we saw, I thought the first inning was pretty good, touched 93, um, you know, which is, you know, a, kind of a normal first inning we saw last year, but, um, you know, was not able to hold on to it throughout the start. Um, and that's that's where he's been at Um since since spring training, so it's down. It's down since last year. Yes. He talked in spring about being like feeling like a little mechanically out of whack. Yeah. Do you think that's like the, the cause? Yeah, I mean that's well, we don't know the cause. I mean we, um, but yeah, I mean I think that's what that's certainly Eric has has voiced that for sure of just not not being quite in sync. Um, you know, and and you know, health wise feels good. Um, so that's that's logical. Do you think that sort of led to some of the misses, both in and out of the zone? Well, I, I think you know when you velocity for somebody that has the type of fastball that Eric has is it matters. You know when you're pitching at the top of the zone a lot, and um, that's the difference between you know a ball that's kind of you can get under and is a fly ball, and, and a ball that gets hit good. What do you think of Montgomery from your vantage point? Uh, he, he pitched excellent. Um, you know, he, he just he, the fastball was good. The, the sinker was, you know, moving. Um, kind of went to like all quadrants of the strike zone with the fastball. I thought, um, and then uh, you know, as the game went on, obviously sprinkled in some off speed to slow us down. Um, but he, he pitched. He pitched an excellent game, and we didn't. You know, there wasn't balls hit hard that we didn't get opportunity. You know, didn't. Had bad luck on. He pitched very well. He, he controlled us. He controlled our barrels very well. Craig, how about a positive? The bullpen continues to put up zeros, you know, especially over this home stand. Yeah, no, the bullpen. Those three guys did a great job, and um, you know, all it was excellent. I mean, excellent work um, covering their innings. Gus and Javi, you know, getting two innings um, was was really important, and. Um, Puts us in good shape uh, for tomorrow. Good shape for tomorrow. You can lose this game in frustrating fashion and still win the series tomorrow, right? You can lose and still win in baseball. It's a beautiful thing. Hope to see your eye out here tomorrow. We're going to talk about some highlights. Obviously, they weren't Brewers highlights. Coming up next on Extra Innings. (laughs) 
So not a full highlight segment because, well, obviously nothing happened in the Brewers' favor in a 6 nothing loss tonight. But I do want to recognize the two big swings from the Cardinals. The first was very significant from none other than the future Hall of Famer, third baseman Nolan Arenado. This is hit high and deep to left. It is hooking, and it hooks inside the foul pole. It is gone for Nolan Arenado, a two-run shot. His first home run of the season, and the Cardinals out to a 4 nothing lead. Lane's call, that was number 300 on the career for Nolan Arenado. He spent all offseason sitting on 299 in his first of the year. Comes tonight against Eric Lauer. He had three runs batted in. He also was only retired once, you know, because the sack fly is obviously just a fly out. It uh, doesn't count as an at-bat, but he grounded out to end the fourth. Also, later in the third, I mean, get ready for this. You're going to see a lot of this dude. I love the right field matchups we've had with Joey Weimer and this dude, Jordan Walker. First pitch to Walker is turned on. This is hit out to deep left. Yelich racing back to the warning track. This one is gone. Jordan Walker hits his second career home run, and that was a laser that just barely got over the wall and left. It was hit plenty well. Just 381 feet. 110 off the bat as well there for Jordan Walker. You're going to see this rivalry really have some superstar right fielders with Walker and Weimer in the years to come. Brewers fall 6-0 tonight. Not much to write home about, but you flush it and you move on. We're going to wrap up the show coming up after this break on Brewers Extra Innings. All right, we're jamming it in here, finishing up at the top of the hour. I want to get to a couple of texts uh, from Josh here in Milwaukee. Thanks for texting in. Uh, talking about Lauer's struggles, you heard Craig Council's answer there beginning. Concerns about his velo being down. He was topping out at like 90-91 tonight. That's something to certainly monitor. I think it's ebbs and flows of baseball, like you said in your text here, Josh, when it comes to trying to figure out what's going wrong with Eric, because he looked great against the Cubs. And Yes, it's fair. The Cubs and the Cardinals are very different lineups, but uh, ebbs and flows. Uh, we've seen the dude be a world beater like he was last year in April and against the Phillies and things like that. We've also seen him kind of come back down to earth. I think he's more in the middle of what he was tonight and what he was against the Phillies, and that will help the Brewers win games down the road. And the other thing, you also agreed with me about the in-game, in-stadium experience. I think it's really improved. Once again, kudos to the in-stadium uh, inter- entertainment folks here, making it a really fun environment with the faster game. A two-hour, 36-minute game tonight, and it kind of felt like it dragged. What a wild world this has become in baseball. I'm loving the pitch clock. I'm sure some folks still have their reservations about that. That's totally fine. But, hey, it, it got us in and out, and things are moving along in a good, proper pace, meaning no more the dilly-dallying, right? Like, hey, you know that you've got pitch calm now. No more the sign-stealing stuff. No more tripping up about your signs. Like The game has moved and moved forward in a very good way, making sure the fans are still entertained because this is what this product is. It is for the fans, right? It is entertainment. We still come to the ballpark because we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Jake Woodford versus Freddie Peralta. I've got the warm-up show tomorrow starting at noon. I'll be with you from 12 to 12.35. Uh, Going to have some Easter Sunday memories, of course. The uh, walk-off game, of course. we got to talk about that against the Rangers. Uh, also going to talk about this bullpen being so strong like it is right now. And uh, get you ready for the rubber game of this series before the Brewers head out west. The Diamondbacks, the Padres, and the Mariners will be awaiting 
on this 10-game trip coming up next week. We will have post-game shows with you for almost all of those games. I believe the Wednesday day game, we do not have one uh, against the Diamondbacks. But I've got both the Brewers warm-up tomorrow and Brewers extra innings with Jeff Cirillo once again tomorrow as the Brewers get ready to close out this homestand with the Cardinals. So then they go on the road for 10 games, and then they're going to return home when they return home, that'll be a really fun series, a fun weekend uh, coming up with the Marlins in town. Uh, sorry, that's later in the season. Let me uh, scroll up here before I run out of time. Uh, scrolling up here on my schedule, and the team that will be in town will be the Boston Red Sox. And then the following weekend, the Angels will be in town. So plenty more weekends to choose from here in April. Uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. Once again, thank you to Jeff Cirillo for joining us, as he always does. And thank you to my producer, Justin Pottinger. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.